what's up, guys? Uh, it's time for another episode of The Soul of the South Side. Coming to you live from the South Side and for the South Side. I get sick and tired of older guys, you know, past generations, trying to come at me about how their generation of sports was better than mine. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the 90s. The 90s was the golden age of sports. But right now, I have the best athletes that ever played the sport outside of Michael Jordan. You know, basketball, my generation is better. Baseball, my generation is better. Football, my generation is definitely better, more advanced. Uh, the only thing from past generations is the physicality uh, of the sport. Now, uh, the rules generally are the same. Uh, when you get into football, they try to protect the quarterback and the wide receiver a little bit much. Um, you know, chop blocking is gone. Baseball has took uh, home plate collisions right out of the equation and basketball just got toilet papered altogether. You know, everybody wants to be buddy, buddy. There's no more hard fouls, but there's a reason for that because these guys are making so much money and these, uh, teams have invested so much in individual players that you gotta, you gotta protect these guys. So I, I understand when, you know, leagues want to go a little bit softer because asset protection is paramount in America. You know, everybody's so worried about uh, a coverage plan or insurance plan when they don't even get to enjoy the assets themselves. Like, um, a perfect example is Derek Rose and Brandon Roy. You know, these are guys that got paid out, but they were, you know, uh, medically compromised. Both had serious knee injuries that took them off the table for their team. And it set the, their franchise back a few years because they invested so much around these players. Now, Brandon Roy had uh, LaMarcus Aldridge in a situation and a young Damian Lillard. But those were just, how could I say, pieces. Those weren't investments. Now you look at Portland. The only per person left is Damian Lillard and a bunch of guys. I mean, C.J. McCollum is okay, but what else is there? Uh you go to Derrick Rose's situation where the team fully trusted that he was the reason they were going to win a championship and they failed to uh, put talent around him. And as his body deteriorated and eroded, thank God for Tom Thibodeau, or we would have been a laughing stock and we would have been uh, a colostomy bag, even more than what we were with Benny Del Negro, Fred Hoiberg, and um, this other idiot, uh, Jim Boylan. So uh, you can't. Put all your eggs in these one baskets, even though the talent is elite. If you look at my other team, the White Sox, look at what we did. We built internally. Now, we went out and got a Yasmani Grandal and uh, South Slider, a.k.a. Liam Hendricks. But if you look at the core of the Sox, they supplemented talent around, you know, a Jose Abreu. We went out and let Tim Anderson develop into the dog that he is. We went out and grabbed Yohan Moncada in his baseball infancy. Look at what we're doing with Madrigal. We know he is a dangerous hitter. We threw him right in the fire. And this is a guy that's going to give me 170 to 200 hits if he's an everyday player. You know, those are guys that we drafted and brought in. Now, when you get into the Carson Fulmers 
and stuff like that. Yeah, there's going to be busts. You're going to swing and miss in baseball because it's hard for guys to pan out. Baseball is a hard sport. It's a long season. So it takes a mental toll and a physical toll on you. So watching the, the Sox really get to this point, you know, even uh, newest guys like Luis Robert, uh, Dylan Cease, Eloy Jimenez, the White Sox let them develop into who they are rather than who they want to be. One of the biggest uh, signings that the Sox had uh, wasn't even a player at all this offseason. It was the addition of Ethan Katz. Because when you when you look at what makes up the White Sox stable, their staff, it is a bunch of guys my age from 24 to 28. We got some 30-year-olds. We got some grown-ass men in that, in that pen and on that roto. But at its core, it is guys in the prime, the physical prime of their life, and they have to figure out, figure it out. Hawk Harrelson always said, a baseball player would know who he is from the age 28 to 30. These guys are scratching the surface into what they are, not what they're going to become. Perfect example. Uh, Aaron Bummer is one of the most underrated relievers in our game right now. Uh, power sinker from the left side. Power breaking ball. It's just uncomfortable at bat. He has a he comes lower three quarters, but it's a quick whip action. He is slinging that ball through the zone. Okay. And he's pinpoint accurate. The best, uh, how could I say, comparison with what the way they pitch, not so the motion, is Max Freed and uh in Atlanta, Max loves to bury that breaking ball on the inside corner of the plate. High curve balls in, in tight to right-handers, locking up left-handers. Aaron Bummer does that. He's at the age right now where he is going to become an elite reliever in, the, in our game. MLB.com just rated the White Sox bullpen number one. And that was excluding the best closer in the game, and a, and a Cy Young finalist, uh, Liam Hendricks. Okay, let's get let's get a little bit deeper because there's a couple other twenty year twenty four year olds, twenty two year olds that uh, that make up our pen too. We got my boy Cody Hoyer, who is another guy that when you see Cody Hoyer strike somebody out with ninety eight mile power paint, the body language, the charisma, the confidence is oozing out of his skin because he is comfortable where he is right now as a player. Okay. He loves the results he's getting from his hard work. A lot of people in their mid-20s don't want to do the hard work, but they want the best results. No, 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 no. You're not going to do that. You're not going to work backwards and expect to go forward. That's not the case. Uh, Pitching Ninja always shows us great footage of Cody Hoyer spitting after he gasses you up, up in the zone, overpowering fastball, or when he handcuffs you like a fucking police officer with a breaking ball. That's devastating. These are guys that don't have trouble throwing strikes. Aaron Bummer, Cody Hoyer, another excellent weapon out of our pen is Garrett Crochet, who has now figured out that his slurve is more devastating than his 103-mile-power fastball 
which he's taken off some a little bit, just so he can pinpoint and ease his way into the season. Last year in the playoffs, Garrett Crochet, uh, you know, had some forearms, uh, soreness, or whatever the hell you want to call it, because I know he was pressing, squeezing the ball too tight. Those muscle, those muscle contractions were from stress. You get Ethan Katz on board, and he fixes those. Dylan Cease, another young man who, under the regime of Ethan Katz, has become one of the most economical pitches on the staff as a starter. A lot of people don't want to talk about Dylan Cease uh, being one of the best pitchers in American League because of his uh, inefficiency in the zone. He wastes too much, too many fucking pitches. Let's just let's just get to the bottom of his problem right now without all the histrionics. Dylan Cease last year had trouble um, being economical. Let's just say that being efficient in the zone, not wasting so many uh, strikes, not waiting on a swing and miss. A lot. He has a great curveball, but he wasn't snapping it in the zone. You know what I'm saying? Another guy that just got sent to the uh, to the the alternate site. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, another guy who has an excellent curveball, nice, heavy, hammer, but he wasn't throwing it for strikes last year. And so you get Ronaldo Lopez, flat-ass 93 to 97-mile-power fastball on a straight line, and it was getting cream-pied. You get Dylan Cease pitching from 3-1 counts the whole fucking season. You cut those two things out of the equation, and we have a different roster already. Some of the best things the White Sox do, and I'll keep beating this like the dead horse. Fix your problems internally. We just lost, what, a 280 average, 35 home runs, 110 RBIs, one of the most productive players. If not, outside of Jose Abreu, the most productive player in American League, uh, Eloy Jimenez. And I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about, oh, well, it's a small sample size. I watched Eloy Jimenez beat a shift. Man on second and third with the infield in. I watched him blast the ball through the right side like the professional hitter he is. There's a lot of players that can't do that right now. Okay. So, we just lost that. First thing Tony La Russa does, first of all, the, the organization didn't panic. They did not panic. They, they sat down and they thought about it. What can we do internally first? Next thing you know, I'm getting a notification to my phone saying Andrew Vaughn is going to start in left field. Now, if you're the casual fan, you might panic. You might say, what the hell are we doing out here? What if he gets hurt too? But take a step back and breathe. And give Andrew Vaughn credit for being a good cerebral baseball hitter. When you see Andrew Vaughn dig into the batter's box... You're not watching a rookie. You're watching a grown man who has complete control of the at-bat. His command of the strike zone as a hitter at his age is dangerous. It is very dangerous for opposing pitchers because you look at a rookie and you don't get a break. Jordan Alvarez for the Astros was a rookie and he wasn't letting pitchers off the hook. Juan Soto does not let pitchers off the hook. You're going to have to throw A-plus pitches to get these guys out. And sometimes you throw A-plus pitches and they still can beat you. The first home run of the spring for Andrew Vaughn was a fastball up and in that he turned on like he knew it was coming. In spring training. 
that opens eyes for me. These are 20-year-old horses that the White Sox have. In, in the physical prime of their life, building to get the ultimate goal of a championship. I've been waiting my whole life as a White Sox fan for this moment right now. Because 2005 wasn't supposed to fucking happen under any circumstances. I don't care if we were the best team in the American League, we had the best manager. That roster was not put together to win a title. That was a bridge into the next uh, generation. Okay. Think about what we won a title with. Paul Konerko, A.J. Pruszynski, Mark Burley, John Garland, Jose Contreras, El Duque, Scotty Potts, Aaron Rowan. Aaron Rowan might have been the youngest motherfucker on the team. We had Juan Uribe, too. You know what I'm saying? Bullpen was a bunch of grown-ass men. Cliff Polite, Neil Cox. Uh, Bobby Jinx was a young man in the pen. Remember Dustin Hermanson? That was my guy. That was one of my favorite guys. Nice cutter. Nice, efficient cutter. And I was 13 watching the games. You know, uh, I was still a Red Sox fan, and I was so torn into who to root for in that division series. I just said, you know what? I just watched the Red Sox win a championship last year. Let me go back to back with my favorite teams winning championships, 04 and 05. That 05 White Sox team was amazing because it was built off of chemistry and a, and a different type of professionalism. The accountability was so quiet. The chemistry was oozing. That was what we seen on the TV. We seen a bunch of guys playing baseball. Sound baseball. Efficient baseball. Our bullpen was well rested and untaxed the whole playoff season in 05. Let's fast forward to 2021. Now we have an even better bullpen in an era where managers are trying to shorten the game. They're trying to get ahead of hitters. They're doing the shift. They're doing whatever they can to make sure uh, hitters one, two, and three don't beat you. The White Sox have already gotten a jump on what's about to take place. Strikeouts are going to be up in the major leagues this year, astronomically up, because the, the homer or bust situation is now. All of these guys at the top of the lineup are all power guys now. You very rarely see a guy that leads off for a team that can't hit a ball 410 feet, 410 feet, 420 feet. Those, those small, pesky leadoff hitters, those days are over with. Those days are done. You have to get a jump. One or two runs can determine winning or losing in this game today. Two solo shots can, can kill you. Just off the sheer pitching that you will face. The White Sox are one. The Yankees fans are in my face talking about, well, if we're healthy, you're never healthy. So shut up. Okay, you're going you're gonna to go from Zach Britton, Justin Wilson, to Luis fucking Sessa and Domingo Herman being the saviors of your team. You already talking to me like Luke Voigt and Giovanni Urshela are even the best players at their position in the division. You got me fucked up. Okay, but your your, your pitching staff is decent. I'll put the Yankees bullpen up there. Uh, but Sox separated from everybody in the American League. Shortening the game. 
I was uh, I was really happy when we signed Liam Hendricks because I knew what we were getting. Yeah, I'm really excited about the signing with Liam Hendricks because it gave our bullpen structure. It gave these guys a hierarchy. You know, I'm, I'm not going to drag you from the sixth to the eighth inning. I'm not going to put you in a closing situation that's uncomfortable somewhere that you haven't had success. Once we got Liam Hendrick, that automatically sealed the ninth inning. So if you give Cody Hoyer, Aaron Bomer, uh, Evan Marshall is a guy that nobody talks about. That's one of my homies, too. You give those guys uh, a routine and you give them a set situation, although circumstances could change in a game of baseball every game but as long as you give a grown man an itinerary uh we'll be okay we know what's coming you're not going to surprise us at all and when you know you got a uh a bulldozer like liam hendricks at the back of the pen if you're his teammate all you got to do is worry about getting him a clean frame and you'll have a great chance to win now with that being said, I'm not going to sit here and run my mouth like Liam Hendricks is invincible because he's not. But he instills a confidence in the team and everybody who's around him in that White Sox uniform. If Liam Hendricks gets you 0-2, I can guarantee you everybody feel greater about their chances of winning. And that's whether they're on the field or not. As a fan, I've watched uh, Liam go through the trials and tribulations from L.A. to Oakland and now the Sox. And it was amazing to me because I never thought in a million years Liam Hendricks would get Cy Young votes. From me, from what from what I've seen out of him his whole career. But once he made his mind up about who he is, what he can and can't do, that's when the tides start to turn. That's when you started to see a, a good reliever evolve into an elite reliever. You got to have some self awareness and accountability about what you're trying to do as a ball player. You always got to go up there with a plan. Always go up there with a plan. And now that uh, Tony La Russa has a, a, a bookend as a closer, he doesn't. He wouldn't have to worry about 8th inning, 7th inning, 6th inning, especially with the rotation the Sox got. I spoke in, earlier in the show about shortening the game. The game doesn't get shorter than an 8 inning game, 7th inning game. If you can technically get your starter from inning one to inning six, especially in the White Sox case, if you have to lead, the game is over with because we're not giving up anything. And our defense is not, I wouldn't say the best because we still got guys that make errors. You know, Tim Anderson led balls uh, fly past his glove all the time, uh, whatever. Nick Madrigal uh, does whatever the fuck he does. Uh, that doesn't really hurt for me. Uh Luis Robert is the best defender in on, in a White Sox uniform, and it's not even close. I love Adam Engel, but when the ball is hit to Luis Robert, uh, I expect it to be caught, period. And that helps a pitching staff, especially a new guy like Liam Hendricks, because now I don't have to worry about crossing my T's and dotting my I's. I already got Grandal catching. He puts the sign down and let's go. Uh, last year, well, not last year, but at the end of the playoffs right after uh, – Liam signed, he talked about Grandal letting him know, like, yo, you was tipping your pitches. That's why I hit the home run. I don't look at Yasmani Grandal as a big slugger. Hell, I don't even think he's a, 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 a top-tier hitter. But what I will say is his baseball brain is elite. And if you're going to tell a Cy Young closer, 
on another team that he was tipping his pitches, and you only seen him from the batter's box. That's a student of the game right there. And I bet you Liam Hendricks appreciated that on a competitive level. Now you're my teammate. What else? What else little nuggets you can give me so I could be better for you and your ball club? Really excited. Really, I'm an American League guy. Uh, I love the offense. I love the DH. But this Sox team is probably my favorite White Sox team of all time just because we finally caught up to the modern-day game. And no, I'm not talking about a million shifts. No, I'm not talking about these hybrid-ass players because most of the guys on the Sox are one-position players anyway. What I'm talking about is being able to shorten the game. That Kansas City Royals bullpen that won the World Series against the Mets, they want to call that one of the best bullpens in the game. My White Sox bullpen of 2020 will defecate all over the Royals. Matter of fact, this is my show. I'm going to say this bullpen will shit on that Royals bullpen. I'm really excited to uh, be the voice of the South Side from this season and beyond. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to ride out to a little bit of Friends and Strangers by Ronnie Laws. Take care. Have a great day. And it's just a reminder, if you liked any of the content you heard today, make sure you follow me and my boys at The Bad Guy Radio on Twitter. That will be at The Bad Guy Radio. Uh, a couple of my homies, King Mac, Ken Woe, Aussie Sox, Iowa Sox. We've got a couple of shows lined up, great lineup of shows. So once again, if you like what you heard and you like the content, follow me, Lises Christ, on Twitter at green-eyed underscore soup. And you can follow the whole roster of boys at The Bad Guy Radio. Thanks again.